0: Welcome to the New Creation Podcast. Happy to be with you. Happy to start another journey with you. This is a look at leadership. Our first guest for a look at leadership is Dr. Tim Perrin. Dr. Tim Perrin has been the president of Lubbock Christian University for the last seven years. I know him affectionately as President Perrin. So, President Perrin, thank you so much for joining a look at leadership today.
1: Thanks, Keegan.
0: It's great to be with you. President Perrin, you are a local Lubbock person. You grew up in Lubbock. Start there for us. What did your child years, childhood years look like? And, and just kind of walk us through some of that.
1: Well, thanks, Keegan. I mean, what a what a blessed uh, growing up I had. I was uh, born to Leslie and Elaine Perrin, who were both uh, professors at Lubbock Christian College and then University for all of their professional careers. Uh, Moved to Lubbock in 1959 uh, in LCU's third year, and then I was born in 1961, so I I came along from my whole growing up in Lubbock, right across the street from the campus, really a part of the campus community in so many ways. This was my family, and it's where I played, it's where I uh, failed, it's where I succeeded, it's where I had role models, it's where I, I developed friends, and so many lessons, so Uh, My growing up was, I have described, really so many ways idyllic, a a great community to be a part of. So many families that uh, worked together, worshiped together, uh, played together, and that kind of deep and rich community really formed and shaped me in in so many ways. So, when you were in high school,
0: were you already aware I'm going to go to Love of Christian University?
1: I'd had had three older siblings, and they had all gone to Love of Christian, had all graduated from Love of Christian, and so my pathway was pretty clear, Keegan. I knew yeah. I knew what it looked like, and uh, we were deep. Uh, we bled blue deep into the LCU community. And my dream had always been to play basketball in college, and worked hard to have that opportunity at Love of Christian. Uh, talked to a couple other colleges that uh, where I could have played, but once the uh, the Love of Christian coach John Copeland, who had just been named the head coach uh, here uh, as I was graduating from high school, once he offered me an opportunity to play at LCU. Uh, that uh, confirmed what I'd always expected, that I was going to be a chaparral and going to get to fulfill a dream of being a, a basketball player here as well as a student.
0: That's awesome. I want to get to more of your college experience in a second, but first high school, where, where did you go to high school? What was that experience like for you? What was your leadership experience like in high school? Were you put in leadership roles yet? Just uh, walk us through some yeah, of that.
1: Yeah, went to Love of Christian High School, so uh Very much, again, a part of the community. I was a part of Love of Christian Schools, really K through college, uh, other than one year. And uh, so, attended high school here, very involved student, uh, really always felt called to leadership positions, uh, always had opportunities to lead, and uh, was blessed by the examples of people that I saw who were leaders and, and poured into me. So in high school, I had a lot of different leadership roles, uh, president of various clubs and organizations. When I was a a junior, at the end of my junior year, decided to be a candidate for the the student body president. I'd been in student government some before then, was elected, and so got to serve my senior year as student body president of Lubbock Christian High School and uh, captain of the basketball team. Uh, played uh, several sports and very very involved active students so had opportunities for leadership, had great examples, great models, great mentors in my family and at school and church and uh, just always felt uh, you know the desire to to maximize what I'd been given and to not be afraid of taking those opportunities when they presented themselves hopefully not in a not in a vain way not mm-hmm. in a, not in a way that was about me, but uh, about the cause and about serving and about giving back and trying to be a part of the uh, the future of the places where I was put. So you
0: finish high school, and you do get a spot on the basketball team at LCU. What what was that like? Oh. And, and what, what other areas were you involved at here here yeah. on our
1: campus? That was amazing, Keegan. I mean, just to, to – I had grown up, I mean, you know, in some ways just a. A really uh, focused community that I grew up a part of. And I grew up watching LCU basketball, grew up idolizing the guys on the court. And some of my heroes were LCU basketball players and LCU student athletes. And so then to get to put on the jersey, to get to go out there the very first time and and to play and to compete on behalf of LCU was just, a, I mean, really uh, an amazing experience for me. I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved Coach Copeland, loved the opportunity to play as a freshman, didn't play very much. Uh, learned a lot about humility, learned a lot about uh, playing a role in a part of a larger uh, uh, effort uh, when you're not the star, and what it looks like to, to be a, a, a good practice player, what it looks like to be a good teammate, what it looks like to have a good attitude, even when you're not getting opportunities that you would like to have. So that was a, such a growth experience for me, and just around really great players and competing at a high level uh was that hard president Perrin? oh
0: man i mean at first because you come from lubbock christian high school where you know i'm I'm assuming you were the man you know (laughs) to earn a spot at the college level i mean how how difficult was that for you having to make that adjustment i mean reflecting back you you say you did it but in the moment
1: it was hard it had to been hard it was hard i mean i sat at the end of the bench i played in mop-up duty and uh (laughs) nine games my freshman year. I mean, I still remember that number because it was, it was a big deal. Nine mm-hmm. games my freshman year, I didn't play. Mm-hmm. And I had never, not only had I never not played in a game, but I had always been, you know, the main guy. And so, or one of the main guys. So that was a big adjustment to me. But again, just a uh, opportunity to grow. I mean, I've always believed that, so this is not easy. I don't say this glibly, but uh, real growth only comes through adversity. Real growth only comes through suffering. This is the way, and we're made. It's a part of the nature of the new creation, and this mm. is the way we are, that uh, in this fall and on this side of eternity, the, the way that we grow is through hard, through hard things, not through easy things. So, uh, I had a, 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 cl- a teammate from high school that we came to LCU to play basketball together, and uh, he quit the team before our first game as freshman. And uh, that was a real, uh, that was a real moment for me to decide what I was going to do. And, uh You know, I decided to, I wanted to be a part of it, and I decided to sacrifice, and I mean, not to, that can sound like I'm, (laughs) uh, there's something there special about me, but it just was a commitment I made that I wanted to be part of the team, and I was going to accept the role that I had, and I was going to be positive and going to try to everything I could to be a productive member of the team, and I never was a star. I was always a role player. I played more sometimes than other times. I always felt like I had the trust and respect of my coach. Uh, I was treated well, and I just, I played hard and tried to contribute in any way I could. And so, yeah, it was hard, Mm. it was incredibly hard, it uh, required a recognition that my identity could not be about basketball. If all I was was a great basketball player, that wasn't very much. And that that identity was going to crumble with age and time, so my identity had to be founded on something more significant, more foundational, more permanent. And uh, those lessons are important, I realized what's really important and what's not important what makes us who we are what doesn't make us who we are
0: so what what else did your lcu experience include outside of uh, being a basketball player
1: well so many so many things but one of them that was really important to me i I didn't uh i wasn't in a sorority or fraternity or what we called social clubs i didn't do that in college because basketball was really that for me but i was a part of a, a spirit organization that we called chap brigade and that was a phenomenal mm-hmm. opportunity for me uh, we were playing football at lcu at that time and we were really active at football games uh, cheering on our team we made a lot of chapel announcements trying to raise spirit at the school and a lot of them were very funny and it gave me a chance to be in front of audiences in ways i hadn't before and to kind of spread my wings a little bit and just d- build deep friendships with the folks that uh, i was in Chevrolet with. with so that was a real formative experience for me and then once again uh student government i had a, a classmate that told me at the uh, end of my freshman year, you really ought to be in student government. You, you uh, have something to offer. And just that nudge encouraged me to run for an office, and I ended up getting a, a class office position. And by my end of my junior year, once again, I was running for student body president. I was elected and served my senior year in that leadership role at LCU. And I mean, what an incredible experience. Got to work closely with the Dean of Students, had Mm. all these opportunities to serve and learn from failure and uh, do some uh, things that succeeded and some things that didn't. And uh, really an amazing opportunity to learn and grow and uh, build some uh, really strong friendships.
0: So you finish at LCU and you want to be a lawyer. Is that correct? That's right. My dream.
1: Your dream. Well, first dream was to play in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That didn't work out, Keegan. And so the backup plan was to be a Texas trial lawyer. That was my dream. And I did get to go to law school at Texas Tech upon graduation from LCU. What was that like? I'm, I, yeah. I'm a communication
0: major. I, I, I hear about people wanting to go to law school. It sounds tough. I, I've talked to some people that are in it. Sounds like a process, President Perrin. What what was that like for you? Oh,
1: well, the first year of law school is something you only want to do once, Keegan. I can tell you <laughs> that for sure. It's very challenging, very difficult, all-consuming. I've, I've often said that that trip to Tech Law School was only 10 minutes by car, but it was so much farther than that in terms of the emotional journey and in terms of the experience, just because I was really, in many ways, for the first time leaving That LCU community that had been so formative for me. I mean, 16 years of education, a lifetime of growing up within LCU had been so such an important part of who I was. So that trip down 19th Street to tech law school was a big deal for me. And a lot of questions, a lot of doubts, a lot of uncertainty. Could I succeed? Was I prepared? So that was a real that was a growing up hearing from professors that didn't share my worldview, being taught by people that had perspectives and ideas that were different than what I had been taught. Uh, challenges your faith, challenges your sense of what's true and makes you think. And I had always been raised by my parents to think for myself, to uh, be a person that, uh, you know, doesn't just accept what other people say is true. And that's one of the things that drew me to law because that's what law does. So first year of law school turned out really hard, really challenging but amazing. Oh, my goodness. I loved it. I loved the introduction to a new way of thinking and new knowledge and new ideas and new way of understanding the world and being challenged and developing more my own faith, more my own ideas, more my own concept of truth and powerful experience. And I found out I was prepared, Keegan. LCU had done a phenomenal job of preparing me. And I was up against all these people from all these schools you've heard of all across the country. And uh, I was as or better prepared than any of them. So at this point, were you married to Lucy yet? We got married after my second year of law school. So okay. we're dating during law school and then got married before my last year. And so you finish up at
0: law school. And what was next What was next at that point for you?
1: Yeah, so we went off to uh, Corpus Christi to practice law with a with a law firm there. An incredible experience. I'd never really spent any time on the Gulf Coast. And uh, an amazing set of circumstances led to us uh, going to work for this, uh, this firm. I, I had a moment, uh, Keegan, where I had to make a choice about whether I was going to go work for this law firm in Corpus Christi, where I had spent part of the summer after my second year of law school, had a great experience, loved the people in the firm. It was a big firm by Corpus Christi standards, did a lot of interesting work. Choose that or an offer to go to work for my brother, who was a lawyer in Roswell, New Mexico, Hmm. and uh, had a great opportunity there. Lucy and I ended up choosing to make our own path. We decided to go and go to work for the firm in Corpus. And I often about that. I mean, either way uh, would have provided incredible opportunities for us. The trip to Corpus Christi really was formative for us in so many ways. Just a phenomenal church family that gave us great opportunities for leadership and service and a great law firm that gave me great opportunities to develop my uh, practice of law and a lot of responsibility early on. So turned out to be just a great choice for our family. We had our first child in Corpus Christi, loved life on the Gulf Coast and uh, spent five years there practicing law, learning about the professional world, what it means to be uh, a Christian lawyer, and really trying to understand that better. Was that hard? Being a,
0: is, is being a Christian lawyer hard in this century?
1: I think being a Christian, put anything after that, I think it's hard. <laughs> right. So I always, uh, I like to uh, change the question a little bit. There are certain aspects of legal practice that make it particularly challenging. Mm-hmm. But I think that any profession done rightly if you're serious about your faith, you find that there are these points of tension and conflict where you have to work these things out. So yeah, there were challenges. I was blessed to be in a law firm that was very supportive of who I was and the values that I held, but there are definitely these touch points for all of us in our professional walk where you have to make a choice about uh, what's true, what's right, what's most important. Am I going to choose this or this? Which way is, uh, uh, reflects my deepest held values? So you
0: got to a point where you stopped practicing law How how did that opportunity find you?
1: Well, this was an amazing story. Lucy and I were at that moment that many lawyers come to. We're trying to decide whether we were going to uh, make a career of the practice of law. I'm about to uh, go up for partner at the law firm I was at. And it's kind of a a, a crossroads in some ways for people in practice. And uh, as we were having conversations about what our future might look like, I got a phone call out of the blue from a law professor at Pepperdine Law School who I did not know, who would got my name from somewhere else. It's an amazing set of circumstances saying we're looking for a a law professor. Would you be interested in applying? And uh, Lucy and I just viewed that as an answer to prayer. We put our name in and uh, never had imagined that I'd have opportunity to teach uh, at a a law school, much less at a place like Pepperdine. It's a sister school to LCU. It's a place I'd known about my whole life. Had an uncle who taught there. And went through the process, and I'm telling you, God works miracles, Keegan, and I'm exhibit A of how God works in our lives. Uh, I got the opportunity to go and teach, and Lucy and I moved out there with our two-year-old daughter and a a son on the way. Uh, We made the move to Malibu and uh, uh, took on a position on the faculty of Pepperdine Law School.
0: What was that experience like going from the professional world where you're practicing law to where you're with 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds? teaching them what you have just experienced.
1: Yeah, it was really, it was amazing. We, we were so uh, blessed to have that experience. And, and a big part of it for us was that trip back into Christian higher education. So, this is how I had grown up. It's how my parents had raised their family uh, in this this really rich, authentic community at LCU. And so, Lucy and I went to Pepperdine and we found it's here too. Hmm. There's this wonderful community that is as shared values and all these fellow travelers that are doing such important work. So that was probably as much as anything, the most uh, exciting part of it for us was being a part of the Christian community at Pepperdine and being with other law professors that were asking the same questions I was asking. Many of them were farther down the road than I was. They thought about the hard questions. They were living it out in really powerful ways. So learning from them was really significant for me and for Lucy. But the students, uh, the What drew me there was the chance to engage with these law students, to uh, impact them in some way. Of course, I ended up being the beneficiary of that. They influenced me and uh, shaped me in much more powerful ways than I did them. But yeah, just that the dynamic nature of law school. It's a very difficult time. It, it stretches people in ways that they haven't been stretched before. So it's stressful. It's, uh, there's a lot of anxiety that goes with it. There's a lot of testing that goes with it. And so, to be in that environment and to be able to bring a word of encouragement, a word of truth, to be able to bring Christian witness into that uh, kind of law school experience, different from the law school experience I had. I mean, I got a great legal education at Texas Tech, but I didn't have that Christian community, that uh, out front sense of the eternal and the transcendent. And so, being able to be in a law school environment that brought that to the students was was really, really good for us, and uh, we loved the chance to do that. And how many years were you so teaching out there? Tw- twenty years wow. on the Pepperdine Law School faculty altogether. Yeah, for sure. We raised our kids in California, Keegan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's nice for them. So, how, so you're there for twenty years, and is this when the LCU opportunity yeah, made so, itself available? You know,
1: Keegan. You know, you're you're now uh, heading out on your next chapter as you uh, end this uh, this part of your LCU story, and uh, after you. Uh, been in college for 4 years you can't imagine that that place is going to invite you back at some point to be in, charge. <laughs> to be in like, charge you know you you know all the things you've done and all the things that you've said and all the ways so you just the, the nature of uh, of college is such that you don't you know but the the beauty of it is and take this to the bank my friend after 25 years memories sometimes they 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 do uh, there is a statute of limitations on these things, and memories don't last forever. Now, it was an amazing <laughs> thing when I got to, when uh, folks started talking to me about this possibility, and uh, Lucy and I just, you know, we love LCU, love Christian higher education to start with, but then LCU, just such a special place in our hearts, part of our family, it's part of who we are, it's part of our identity in fundamental ways, so just the, even somebody would think that we might be uh, one who should be considered for this opportunity, that was uh, enough for a lifetime, and then to get, actually get asked to come back. Incredible privilege, and uh, every day, every day since then, Keegan, without fail, I've uh, I've had a moment where I just thought, you know, this is this is amazing, this is unreal. I can't believe that uh, we've had this opportunity, and all the people we've met, and the opportunities we've had, the experiences we've enjoyed. Uh, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been incredible.
0: Well, I feel blessed to say that I've gotten to be here for four. Of those years where you were president of Lubbock Christian right. University, and it it has been a pleasure to be at a school where you're on top mm. at the leadership. Mm. And if you will, just just talk about that experience, mm. President Parent, being being president of this this school. And I see it as a student, an amazing community. A group of Christ followers striving mm-hmm. to be better together, striving to love on one another. Mm-hmm. It, it really is an amazing place. What yeah. what has it been like for you?
1: Well, it's been it's been incredible. And like I told the students the other day when we were having our little cupcake event, uh, you know, you come to lead and you end up being the follower. Uh, and I, I really feel like that's the experience that Lucy and I have had because we've enjoyed the example of so many and so many of those who have led us were students who have shown us, who witnessed us in powerful ways by their lives, by their example. And, uh, and so we've been so fortunate to have this time with colleagues and students and uh, alumni and friends. Uh, so many have shown us the way and shown us such grace, shown us such uh, encouragement. So it's been, it's been incredible. These kinds of experiences, I think at the end of the day, are really humbling. Uh, because you early on, Keegan, you realize you can't do this by yourself. Anybody who thinks they're going to step into a position like this and they're going to just by the will of their personality, they're going to create the change that they want, they're going to make the things happen that they think need to happen, you quickly realize that's not going to happen. It's not possible. It takes a community. It takes a group of people that share common beliefs, share common cause, common purpose willing to invest deeply of themselves uh, into this common cause and and just lean into it with all their might and trust God for the results. And so you quickly become more dependent upon God, more dependent upon prayer, more dependent upon the community, more dependent upon the the people that are around you. And uh, that just, that that reminds us, you know, that uh, our God is great. And uh, he's God, we're not, we trust him, we do the best we can. So it's a humility-producing exercise in the best kind of way. I mean, I think all leadership ultimately takes the leader to their knees um, because we realize in these positions that it requires more than we have, more than we on our own can do. Uh, We have to look to resources beyond ourselves.
0: Uh, for those of us that are here and, and have seen you as president, we, we get a glimpse of it. But how, how would you describe your leadership style when you think about, okay, you know I'm the person in charge. I'm, I'm the person that most people look to and see that it's probably the face of this university. How would you describe your leadership style?
1: I think the most, for, for me, and I, I, don't, I don't know if I have a leadership style, and if I do have one, someone else will have to describe what it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, probably frightening to try to uh, diagram or analyze. But I think the most important principle about leadership that I know and that I try to live into, and I do it really imperfectly, is to remember that leadership is not about the leader. So I think a, a real dividing line for leaders is whether you think it's about you or you think it's about those you're trying to lead in the institution or the organization that you're leading. And so keeping yourself out of the way, uh, having the uh, the maturity or the wisdom or the humility or whatever that is to recognize that uh, this is not about uh, getting attention for you, it's not about bringing glory to you, it's not about uh, getting what you want, it's about the good of the community, it's about the good of others, it's about serving. It's ultimately, I've often said that Christian leadership inverts the pyramid. Hmm. So we think about uh, the secular version of leadership is a pyramid where there are fewer positions going up and there's one person on top. I think Christian leadership inverts that so that the people are on top and the leaders on bottom. And uh, really, uh, this idea, Henry Nowins the first one that introduced this idea to me of downward mobility, uh, which is the way of Christ. We often think about upward mobility, but I think Christian leadership is, is the way downward. It's the way to serve. It's the way of the towel. It's the way on your knees. And so Jesus provides the example for us of that. And again, I do this so imperfectly, Keegan, moments maybe where there, I pray that there are some glimpses of it occasionally, but I think that's what we're all called to. I think all of us are called as as believers to uh, lead from below. And uh, so if I was going to just say one thing, that to me is at the center, it's at the core. Uh, Jesus is talking to his followers at one point and says, uh, we don't lead as the Gentiles do, and they lord it over you, but we serve. We believe that we're called to serve all, and I think that's the hallmark of Christian leadership.
0: If you could give your 22-year-old self advice, now that you're at the point in your career where you're at, what,
1: what would you probably tell them? Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic question. I think when I was 22, I thought I had it all figured out. Uh-huh. I was pretty smug. I thought I had a lot of answers, and I was very critical of uh, people that had, didn't have it figured out. And so, I think I would tell my 22-year-old self, uh, you don't know as much as you think you do. And... You should be asking more questions than giving answers, and you should give a lot more grace to those that maybe aren't where you are.
0: Was there a moment in your life, we walked through it pretty well just moments ago, was there a moment in your life where you realized, hey, I'm a leader, people are looking at me, I need to realize this and, and go about it the right way?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I think that there's this oh, there's constant push-pull uh, in my heart in terms of, of being uh, feel, feeling called to, to positions of leadership and uh, having the courage or, or whatever that is, the moxie, to step into those opportunities and not to shy away from it. And then when called to leadership, to, to do what you're asked to do, to, to not use uh, any of the things that I've just talked about as an excuse for not leaning into those opportunities, for not stepping up when the moment is called for, for not taking responsibility, for not being accountable. Uh, and for having the courage to to, to do that, so uh, I'm sure there are a thousand specific instances of that, but I certainly can remember my first day at LCU, mm. you know, being back here in 2012, June the 1st of 2012, when we started our journey here, and uh, being in my office and for the first time as the president and uh, just you know taking it all in and a moment of the gravity the gravity of it all, uh, and again that points you to this can't just be about me, because no one can do this. Uh, it requires all of us. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: All right, President Perrin, um, looking at your time at LCU, uh, just can you can you speak to some of uh, your favorite moments just off the top of your head?
1: Oh, man, there are so many, and they almost all involve students. I mean, this is so <laughs> awesome. I, I talked about this uh uh, the other night at the employee appreciation dinner, but there was this moment in my first year where students invited me to come to a, rally, a, a pep rally. It was a rally at the RIP, but it was at night to prepare for the next day's rally at the RIP where we we're going to do cheers and stuff like that. I don't. We haven't done this recently, but it was my first year, and they, they told me when I got there that they wanted to induct me into the SHAP Brigade. As an honorary member of the Shap Brigade, which I thought was weird because I was in Shap Brigade before they were. But nonetheless, I went along, and they said that my induction consisted of me putting on the shap head <laughs> and making a free throw. And I thought, that is awesome. And then I thought, oh, that's terrible. How am I going to make a free throw? Now, this was not the nice new chap mascot, Keegan. This is the old chap mascot that was really Really frightening. It was, it was oh, disturbing no. to wear that. So I put the head on and go to the free throw line, and I immediately know, I've got no chance. How am I going to make a free throw with a chap hat on? It's really it's disorienting. <laughs> and so I shoot the first one, and the first four I missed. And they were close. I mean, I hit the rim on all of them, which I thought was just a gift from God. But And at that point, I, I looked up into the audience at, at Nicole Hampton, who at that time was the all-time career free throw percentage leader in the NAI. And I said, Nicole, you're going to have to come shoot this for me. And she said, no. So I shot a fifth (laughs) one, and by the grace of God, the fifth one went in. But I've always loved that moment because I just think, you know, students, they're just – there's such an innocence and just a beautiful – uh, engagement there and they didn't think anything about it just President Perron I mean he's, he holds the record for free throws he can make a free throw you know doing anything so <laughs> just put the chap hat on him he'll make it it's like this is really hard folks so there was another time when I had uh, i had had surgery my first year I, I had, a, had an ulcer uh, and just it's a really sad story but <laughs> there, there's a good ending everything worked out well and I came to a uh, SHAP basketball game. This was my really my first public event after I'd come back from the surgery. And I walk in and the students, they were so, they were so excited. This is my first year, and They were so excited to see me and some students ran up to me and they said, President Perrin, we wanna do something with the mascot. Will you, will you do it with us? I said, what do I have to do? They said, well, you just have to spread your legs and the mascot, several wow. of us are gonna line up, the mascot's gonna slide between your legs. And I said sure, <laughs> and so I was the front of the line, and they uh, lined up on the side of the court, and they had the mascot slide between it. And it's so funny because all the adults are on the opposite side of the court. You know how people sit in the rift, Deegan, mm-hmm. and the adults are over there seeing what's happening, and they're just cringing. They're like, they all know President Perrin just had surgery. He really should not be doing oh, this wow. on this day. But I again, just it was a it was a such a great memory of of uh, engaging with students there are so many more i remember one day we came out of chapel and the alpha chi you were in alpha Kai, my friend <laughs> the alpha chi this was right after we opened the fountain in 2015 and they had brought floaties and had worn their swimsuits that day and they were floating in the fountain oh yeah uh, did you were you a part I, of that i wasn't there yet yeah i didn't think yeah. so i think that was just before you came but uh that was photos oh it's so awesome mm-hmm. it was so great I, I was hoping that would become an annual an annual tradition, but uh, <laughs> so many cool memories, and of course the national championships, right. and going to UConn with the Lady Chefs, and all the great athletic victories. So many days in chapel. I mean, anyway, that's probably a much longer answer than you wanted. No, that's that what... memories are rich and mm-hmm. deep, and so so you know you just, just stuff you'll never forget.
0: And you have students over to your house multiple yeah. times a semester. It's called Snap, stands yes. for Sunday Night at President Parents. I've been to multiple. It's a great experience. Oh, we love that.
1: That's that's why we do this work. And uh, it's always a blessing when you get to be with students. We have been so encouraged by that. We always end those evenings feeling so much better than when we started, no matter how good we felt when we started. We always felt better at the end of those because our students, such a source of encouragement. And uh, what a blessing to get to be a small part of their lives.
0: Well, speaking for the students, we all thoroughly Mm enjoy the opportunity to go to our president's house, have a great meal, and and also be encouraged, like you you said. President Perrin, you really have made a difference at LCU, uh, and I can say that personally for Mm me. um, As somebody who um, is at that age of 22, who does desire to go about things the right way and I, I feel called as a leader, mm. and I want to improve and grow, and you're one of the people that I look to mm. and, and see you doing, it and I want to replicate your example. So, I just want to say thank you for for everything you've done for Lubbock Christian University uh, transitioning. You, you have a new opportunity coming up. Uh, you have another adventure in your life that you're about to go into next. It also involves uh, Pepperdine University, if you can just uh, talk on that a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, we are— uh... We're looking forward to being a part of the new leadership team at Pepperdine as they uh, begin a new administration. Uh, President Jim Gash will take office August 1. Jim and I worked uh, really closely together for a long time at Pepperdine Law School and uh, uh, we're really uh, gratified to be asked to to join him as part of his senior leadership team as he begins his administration at Pepperdine. Uh, Lucy and I have a strong sense of calling. We want to serve where called and uh, we've been Uh, blessed to do that at LCU and will continue to be a huge part of the LCU community as alumni and as supporters and as fans and as encouragers along the way. And uh, we want to continue to serve Pepperdine uh, in this way, Christian higher education through Pepperdine. Look forward to opportunities Uh, opportunities there. And and, uh, we spent 20 years there. So this is a return back to Pepperdine and back to our our time there and uh, came to appreciate the distinctive uh, work that happens at Pepperdine. Uh, It shares similarities with LCU and it has differences. And there are great things, phenomenal things about both places. And uh, we want them both to thrive, both to continue to be forces for good in the kingdom.
0: And your family is, is in the Southern California area, is that correct, President Perry? Yeah,
1: well, this is really an opportunity for us to be in a place that, uh, that makes more sense for us with our family. And uh, uh, so in that way, uh, as our uh, kids uh, get married and uh, we look forward to the day when we have grandkids, uh, certainly uh, that's, an, uh, that's an appealing part. That's
0: yeah, that's sure. phenomenal. Well, congratulations! Yeah. Thank I'm, you. I'm excited for you uh, with your with your new opportunity. Really tremendous. I uh, appreciate that, Kegan. President Perrin, I'm curious. On the New Creation podcast, we've we've recently actually wrapped up this this segment or or this series called an Enneagram Experience. Yes. I, I was curious, are you familiar with the Enneagram? I, I, I'm, I'm assuming some students have talked to you about it at some point in the last couple of semesters.
1: I've had several students talk to me about your podcast. It's, oh, really? You're famous, man. Oh, it's, uh, no. They, well, they love you. it. And about the <laughs> Enneagram, is that how you say it? Yes. yes. And, uh, and I've never done it, but I've uh, heard about it and I see a lot of others who self-identify as uh, certain numbers on the Enneagram scale. Well, thanks again
0: for the kind words. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it it has been a helpful tool. You might enjoy it if you have a desire to look into it further, it might help you um, just understand how other people think and how other people function and also uh, have some internal conversations with yourself and why you do certain th- certain things
1: no i need to do that and i've uh, I had some students after we had a conversation about your podcast who sent me a link to be able to uh, to to do it, so I yeah. need I need to uh, once we get past graduation, I'll I'll uh, I'll report back to you on how it turns out. They want to type you, President. That's Perrin. right.
0: That's right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That is one thing about it. We really tr- we do try to emphasize. We're not putting people in a box here. We're not we're not trying to say that you're a number. And Dr. Fredenberg and alumni Jeff Day have done a great job of walking through that process. So, oh, that's Yeah, great. you might enjoy it. Absolutely, President Parent. Thank you so much for being our premier guest on A Look at Leadership on the New Creation Podcast. It really has been a blessing uh, hearing from you and learning more about your leadership experience.
1: A privilege to get to be with you, Keegan. Thanks for all the good work you do and best wishes uh, to you in this new chapter.
0: Thank you so much, President Perrin. Have a good day and God bless. You too. This is the New Creation Podcast. This was A Look at Leadership. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple. Everybody have a great day and God bless.